Well, why don't we stand and we'll pray and then we'll worship and allow the Holy Spirit to move. And I, each night I've said, if, if you have, a, have something to share, a, a word, a, a scripture, a, a word of encouragement, a word of rebuke, you know, whatever it takes, whatever. whatever. That one fell flat. Wow. <laughs> But if you, have a, if you have anything to share, there is a microphone. I'd like you to use it. But number one reason is so that we can hear, hear what, uh, what the Lord is saying to us. But number two is so that the people uh, watching online can, uh, can be a part of this. And you know, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, so for, and I'm going to miss some people. I'm going to miss it. We've had uh, each night we've had people from Florida watching. We've had people from Texas watching. We've had people from Montana. I heard from somebody from Montana today that were, was have been watching online. It's powerful, powerful. What God, you know, and we were talking about it at staff meeting. And Pastor Greg says he goes, you know, it's that's not too bad a coverage for a little podunk church in the middle of nowhere. You know. <laughs> And uh, I've been getting likes from, from across the, the world even, from Hungary and Romania and all points in between. So it's God, God is good. It's good to, the kingdom of God cannot be held back by the darkness of the day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you. As we come together tonight as the body of Christ, that, that we are right where we're supposed to be. Whether we're right here in this room, right here in the homes that are watching online, that we are right where we're supposed to be today, right in your presence. Lord, this week devoted to you is for your glory, not ours, for your honor and praise and for the name of Jesus to be lifted up. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to worship you and to be the body of Christ together, building each other up until we reach unity and reach the world. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, God was reminding me of a, of, a, of a time years ago I used to work in uh, security. Yes, I was security. I was more of an usher. And I remember a time we were, I was working at a Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> And I was on the floor level of the Rolling Stones concert. And I was standing there, and I was supposed to control the crowd. And standing on either side of me were these huge security guys. They were, they were these security guys. These are like old, you know, like former football players and, you know, athletes and things. These guys were just big. And I'm standing between them one on either side of me. And boy, did I think I was tough. Because I had one of those guys on either side of me. But you know what? I still had authority to call people out and to keep crowd control. But I knew that I was backed by these two really large men, right? Knowing that we're backed by God, we can exercise our authority. We can, God gave us the authority, and he backs us when we use that authority. And we can call those things out. There's nothing that can come against him.
nothing that can stand against him. Everything falls. When we were singing that, all I could see was us standing behind God and, and Satan sending all these things at us. And every time they approached God, they just fell over. Just melted. Had no chance. And that's the authority that we have. We're backed by the Most High God, the greatest power in this universe. He gave us the universe, the, the, the authority to call things out. And when we exercise that, it comes with his power. Amen? Hallelujah. It's good to be free. Amen? It's good to be free. Hallelujah. I am free. I am free. Now, here's the deal. As we were singing that, I just I had this feeling in my heart that, that not everybody can sing that. Not everybody can say that. Not everybody can believe that, that they're truly free. And this year, you're going to need to be free. You're going to need to be free, free of fear. You need to be free of, of condemnation. You need to be free. We, it's, it's kind of this reoccurring theme this week already I'm starting to see is that God wants you free. And if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with that in any way, He wants you free tonight. He doesn't want you, well, maybe by Friday night, dear. Maybe by Saturday morning, you know, maybe I'll get free. No, tonight, right now. He wants you to be, well, how do you get free? Well, we can help you with that. The worship team is going to play this again. And could I have the ministers come up here? Just come up here and be ready to minister. If you, if you, if you just want to make a declaration of freedom, you just say, I am free. I, I want, and these guys will, will agree with you and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll pray for you or however they're led. But I feel like we're supposed to deal with it today. Yeah, absolutely. We're supposed to deal with it. We're supposed to deal with it. We're supposed to be free. If you're online and you're thinking, wait, I can't be there. No, this isn't about distance. This isn't about separation. You're free. Now, you might be all by yourself. And you think, well, I don't understand how that works. I don't understand how it works either. I don't have to understand how the wind blows to know there's wind. I don't have to understand how God works to know there's God. You're free. Say it with me. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. And if you need to call somebody up right now, or if you need to text it onto the chat, man, it's amazing. You, you guys can't see what's going on on the chat. There's people talking to. There's people amening. There's you know. There's people that are. It's they're they're. It's a service. I'll even on the wherever they're at. I just okay. Somebody just te texted in. They're, they're watching from Hawaii. Okay, that was just mean. I just want to let you know that. No, I'm just. But wherever you are, it isn't about distance. It's not about the Spirit of God is where you are, and there is freedom tonight. He wants you free. And so reaching out, Father, we just pray for everybody online right now. Whoever is dealing with anything online, if they're, if they're sensing that they're not free, we speak freedom to them right now in Jesus' name. We speak freedom wherever in the country or wherever in the, in the world they are. Father, they, they can't be here physically with us, but Lord, we speak freedom in their homes. We speak freedom in the living rooms. We speak freedom in the bedrooms. We speak freedom in their homes, in their in their apartments, in their in their uh, hotel rooms. Freedom in Jesus' name. But tonight, tonight, if you want to come and just declare to one of these, I am free. Let's just see what God does. I just felt like we're supposed to give opportunity as we sing this again. Hallelujah. Freedom. God, God. Praise God for freedom. 
Glory to God for freedom. Freedom's good. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody next to you and just say, I'm free. I'm free. Just welcome them. Shake a hand. Hugs. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank you for ministering. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So good. So good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. God's good. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tonight, we are so blessed to have Pastor Jonah Fetzer minister. Hallelujah. Wherever, wherever he's at. I, I lost him. He, he said it was going to take a minute, so he moved. He, he gone. Uh, there he comes. He's, he can hear me. He, he's coming. He's coming. Let's give a warm welcome to Reverend Jonah Fetzer. Praise God. <clears throat> you know that a freed man fights harder for a person in bondage than a person pressed into service will fight to set a man free. A person, a freed man, will fight harder to set a man free than a man pressed into service will fight to set a man free. It's good to be free. Because we understand when we're free, what the possibility is for them. We thank you, Father, for the possibility. We thank you, Lord, for the possibility of others being free. We thank you for our freedom, that we are free. We are freed men. No longer in bondage, no longer enslaved, but we are free in Christ Jesus forevermore. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> well, let's see how things go tonight. Ephesians 1. There's a problem when I really get into worship when I'm preaching. The voice suffers a little bit more. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. And what are the riches of his glory? The inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding power, greatness of his power towards those who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus and raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of heavenly places. Thank you. Far above all principalities, far above all principalities, far above all principalities, powers, might and dominion. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one that is to come. 
Also the one that is to come. That means tomorrow. That means the day after that. That means next year. That means the year after that. That means four years from now. That means eight years from now. That means 20 years from now. That means 100 years from now. He put all things under his feet and gave them to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. Who fills all and all. You know, I hear people talk about life verses. <clears throat> I never really, I'm like, I don't really have a life verse. Some people have verses that they, and I realized somebody read it this week. I'm like, no, that's my life verse. I just never really thought about it. I quote this scripture all the time. Whenever I'm, a lot of times when I'm praying, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I might know, that I might know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saints? What is his exceeding great power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And I pray that towards you all the time when I'm praying praying for the saints, when I'm praying for people I'm ministering to, I pray that prayer. That you might know. That you might know. Not just understand, not just have a good teaching, but know. That's something in here. When you know something, it's a reality. It's a reality. It's no longer a, something that you've been educated with. It's a knowing. It's a reality. We need that reality. We need to know the hope of his calling. We need to know the glorious, I love this, that the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This, This scripture There's so much in here. The inheritance in the saints is the person sitting next to you. The person sitting across the church. The person sitting in the church down the street. The person sitting in the church across the country. The person sitting on the other side of the world who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your inheritance. The family of God. And a big family we are. we're a family beyond number according to what scripture says nobody can count us there's so many of us you are so blessed God loves you so much so much I have, this, is, this wasn't even really part of my, my sermon, but God made it so. But I do, have, I do have a couple of things that God's laid upon my heart to give. And, and we're just going to go with it and see where God takes it. And I will warn you, there, there is some correction in here. So hold on. I have a prop. You know what this is? It's a staff. This is my representation of the rod of the Lord. 
Now, we don't know exactly what the rod of the Lord was that Moses used. It could have been exactly like this. It could have been this length. It could have been this thickness. It could have been shorter. It's possible that it could have been an arm's length, just something that he used to move the sheep around. Considering he was older, I'd say it's probably a walking stick. You know, he's 80-something, walking around in the desert. I don't know, I'm not 80-something, but I like to lean on something sometimes when I'm walking or standing. But here's, here's the rod of the Lord. This is something that Moses would have carried around with him. And there's an interesting thing that I, I uh, in doing a little bit of researching, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to be reading out of Exodus 17. And this is the story that I want to use, and it has to do with the rod of the Lord. <clears throat> but there was a couple of interesting things I found about the rod of the Lord. The word that they use, rod, is also translated tribe. I thought that was rather fascinating. The tribe of God, when it says in uh, Exodus 31, it starts listing out the tribes of the tribe of Dan. It's the same word as rod, of the rod of Dan, of the rod of Joseph, or Jacob. You know, it's like that. There's, there's in words mean things. Every language is different, and none of them are without significance. And the way that we use words, we use words to convey pictures and meanings. They use the same term for rod as family. Why? Authority. They were of the tribe of Dan. It means they were under the authority. They were under the authority of the tribe of Dan. That's where they belonged. So there, there is the idea of authority, tribe, authority, group. And it sort of plays into where I'm going with this. Okay. So let's turn to ex, uh, Exodus 17. You're probably already there. I haven't even bothered yet. I'm just up here talking. Exodus 17. Verse 8, that's where we're going to start. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in wherever. And Moses said to Joseph, Those who <laughs> choose some men and go down and fight with Amalek, tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joseph did as Moses said to him and fought with the Amalek and Moses, Aaron, Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. This is what he did. Imagine doing this all day long. <clears throat> Here.
Here he is, Moses, his people, the people that God had caused to come out of Egypt through great signs and wonders, a miraculous working power, crossed the Red Sea, gave them water from a rock, gave them manna from heaven, and here he is, and he's standing with the rod, and they prevail. His hands get tired. And he puts his hands down. And then he begins to see his people die. He sees them begin to be destroyed. The enemy is taking over. And he's like, I can't drop my hands. I got to lift them up. I got to lift them up. I got to lift up the rod of God. I got to lift up the authority of God. I've got to lift it up. I've got to hold it. My, my hands are getting tired. He's a tough man. He's been in the wilderness a long time. He knows how to endure a little bit of affliction, but it's too much and his hands come down. And their people begin to get destroyed. They begin to get destroyed. They're seeing, he's seeing them dying, being pushed back, being brought into bondage again. He says, I got to lift up my hands. I got to hold them up. I got to hold them up. But he had a couple of, a couple of people who, where's my couple of people? Where are you at, Jesse? <laughs> Too late. Vern's got it. <laughs> Holding up your hands. Holding up. And they gave him a stool to sit on. You don't have to get me a stool. <laughs> The holding up his hands, and he could rest. He could rest. He could get his strength back. And the people prevailed, and they prevailed, and they prevailed because, thank you guys, because it was important. It was important because he didn't want to see his people destroyed. This represents the authority of God. It represents the vision, the word of God that was given. God gave Moses a promise. He gave him a commission. He gave him a responsibility and he held it up. It was the authority that God had given him and he held it up. Imagine if Vern and Marv did not come up here to help me hold up, began to pull my hands down. There's a twofold meaning in this. One is for overseers. Every overseer has a rod. They've been called to watch over a tribe. They've been given a responsibility for the people that are in their commission. They are shepherds, under shepherds of the true shepherd, called to take responsibility for those people. You are those people. You have you have a shepherd. And if you're here and you don't have a shepherd, then you better get one quick because you're going to need one. These are the times of the sheep without shepherds will be devoured whole.
We're not perfect men. We're not without flaws. We're not without shortcomings. But we've been given a rod. And this thing gets heavy. The weight of responsibility resides in the staff. We hold it up. We hold up that authority. We hold up that responsibility. We illuminate. We exalt the one who gave it to us. And we tell you he is the one we look to. We give you the word of God. We give you light. We give you life. We give you our heart. We give you our soul. Because we care. Because there's a deep and abiding burden in every minister's heart that we must care for the people. We must. We hold this staff up. It's a heavy responsibility. Good God, don't pull their hands down. Don't frustrate the work of God. Don't frustrate what God's wanting to do. There's also a secondary part to this, and it has to do with greater visions. RVFM is a greater vision. John, Pastor John Neitzel is the overseer of RVFM. He carries the rod of God for RVFM. Don't mess with it. Don't don't be a hindrance to the work of God. You know, there's a right and a wrong way to ask questions. There's a right and a wrong way. I mean, if you have questions, Pastor John would be happy to answer your questions. But if you have an agenda in your question, stop. Get your heart right. Here's what God would have you know. He's my servant, not yours. These are my servants, not yours. I gave them to you, to tend to you, to care for you, to help you, to guide you, to lead you. I know the burden that's in their heart, and every single one of them weeps for you, cares for you, needs to help you, because it's the burden I placed in their heart. Don't you dare lay more on them than they already have. Don't you dare. Many churches never become healthy, never grow. Because the pastor never gets his hands above his waist. Because everybody hanging on the rod. 
Well, I think we should do it this way. Well, no, that's, that's dumb. We need to do it this way. And they're wrestling with the rod of God. They're wrestling with the man of God. Why not just trust him? If he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. Right, John? Amen. <laughs> we'll learn. And, and if your minister, if your pastor is in desperate need, as in error, pray for him. Pray for them. Because they're just as human as you are. We want to see a victorious people. We want to see him victory. Because the option is to see the devil have his way in your midst. To chew you up and spit you out and leave you as a dry husk on the side of the road. think we're good with that. I think he got the point. I am convinced, I am utterly convinced that if you want to see your church grow, whatever church, whatever organization in Christ that we have, if you want to see it grow, you need two things, love and unity. Love and unity. Everything else will fall into place. If you want to see Lake Elmo, if we want to see Prescott, if we want to see the Lighthouse, if we want to see Grandy, if we want to see New Richmond, we want to see Amory, if we want to see any other church grow, Unity and love. Love one another and walk in unity. That's what the scripture tells us. What's unity? Well, <clears throat> where's the pastor leading? I mean, that's, get on board. Second Timothy. Three, four. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier for Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. <clears throat> you know, we endure hardships. If you've enlisted, you endure hardship. Plain and simple. You know, in the, in the Roman army, 
In order to be part of the army, you had to have somebody sponsor you. You didn't just go up down to the local office and say, hey, I want to sign up. You had to know somebody. Somebody had to sponsor you, and that person became responsible for you. Did you enlist in the army of God? Then he's responsible for you. And as I understand it, that person would suffer any punishment for your bad behavior. Praise God, Jesus Christ already paid that punishment. <laughs> he paid for your bad behavior. Praise God, hallelujah, forevermore. Exactly. There was something that I believe was John Moe said the other night about agape. And he said that what it means is that it doesn't matter what you do to him. He still loves you. And that struck me. That's the first time I'd heard that. That's brilliant. Remember I said words mean things. Languages mean things. They create pictures. When you think about that. Agape. God's kind of love means you can do anything to him. And he still loves you. But if somebody loves, like, loves you like that, why would you want to treat him that way? Oh, you don't understand how much they love you then. Though we walk in this flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. <clears throat> For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings every thought into captivity, into obedience in Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Warfare. Warfare. <clears throat> Something I know a little bit about. I was never actually in war, but I was trained by one of the greatest military forces in the world. <laughs> the United States Marine Corps. Hoorah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always, always wannabes. <clears throat> they just wish. You've got to, we got to learn to fight. We got to learn to fight. When I was in, I, um, I could go probably for days with stories, but I remember some older, older Marines saying, we always train for the last war. We're always training for the last war. You know, when I, when I went in, I was actually in boot camp during the first Gulf War. I mean, that's, that's intense. That puts your mortality online right away. <clears throat> you, you're in boot camp during a time of war. Yep, I'm going to fight. But up until that time, they fought for jungle warfare they 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 trained for for jungle war because the last war was jungle wars you know now you go in and a lot of them are desert wars they're training for desert wars they're always training for the last war 
We're always training for the last war. We need to snap out of that. We're not training for the last war anymore. We need to be ahead of the curve. We need to find out, okay, God, what are we training for? What do we, don't, we need to not look at, hmm, how do I say this? We need to learn from the past, learn from the teachings of the past, but not hold to them tightly, but to learn the principles. Sometimes, yeah, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh. They're not, they're spirit. They're not flesh. They're spirit. What do I mean by not flesh? We are flesh. We have this body. This body is flesh. How does this body communicate with the world? It hears. It sees. It smells. It speaks. It touches. And it feels. It feels hungry. It feels thirsty. It feels. It feels pain. It feels anger. Its pride gets hurt. This is not where our warfare is. Our warfare is mighty in God. Mighty in God. It's spirit. What does that mean? John 6, 36 says this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. Jesus said the words that he speaks are spirit and they are life. If we are not walking according to the the things of this world, if we're not walking according to carnal things, we're not warring according to carnal things, then we need a war by the Spirit. What is the Spirit? The Word of God. Who is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that was made was not made, but by the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. Everything that was made was made by the Word of God. You were made by the Word of God. And you were remade by the word of God. And we need to fight according to those principles. Not by what we see, but what we see him do. Love your enemy. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Be kind to one another. You know, here's a good one. Here's a good one. This commandment I give to you. Love one another. And just in case you want to know what that means, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. If we as Christians begin to get the reality of that statement in itself, churches will fundamentally change. When we decide that, you know what, we're going to take, the, we're going to take God's word 
for what it says. He said, love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Unconditionally, what did he do? He gave up everything. He didn't just die for us. You think about this. He gave up everything. His glory, his majesty, his dominion, his power, his might, his glory. In heaven, he gave it up to come to earth. He gave up everything. Not only that, but he laid down his life. If we began to treat each other that way, do you think things might change a little bit? You think some problems within the church might just magically clear up? Yeah? <clears throat> Jesus said that. that was, that's a command to every single believer. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, this is your command. Love one another as he loves. That's the family. That's not the world. That's the family. He's not asking you to love the, the world the way he loved them. He says to love one another. Love one another. Love one another. <clears throat> Vern made a statement on Monday that really hit me out of Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. And it was this. Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And he said in some translation that says prophecy. That hit me. It wasn't Vern. It was God speaking through Vern. I knew. I knew. I knew it was the Lord. And he, and he, was, he was speaking to me telling me people need prophecy. They need revelation. They need understanding of who they are. Or they won't fight for it. If, if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you just believe anything. You just believe anything. You're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You're blessed of God, called according to his mighty power. air is uncomfortable, isn't it? <clears throat> Especially when everyone's looking at you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get settled in my heart what to do next, how to approach it. I know what needs to happen. 
I'm just trying to decide what's the right way to approach it. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a question. And this is an individual response. This is not something that's to be taken lightly. It's not something that you should make an emotional response to. The scripture tells us that when one goes to make a tower, that they consider the cost before they build it. That when a king goes to war, he considers the army on the other side before he goes out to fight or whether he should sue for peace. This is one of those things. You need to consider the cost because this will cost you. This will cost you. It may cost you the rest of your life, or it may cost you your life itself. It's that kind of decision. <clears throat> God has asked us to fight, to take land. La Was it last year that I gave the prophecy part that just like Israel was called to go into the promised land so we are called to go into the river valley this question is not for everyone this uh, hmm this is not for everyone don't feel ashamed if you don't feel like you can stand up. Don't. There's no shame in this. There's no shame in this. If you don't feel like, because I said, you need to count the cost. And if you don't feel like you can, it doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It doesn't mean that God won't use you. That it means that you're not in for this. Okay? Nod your head if you understand me. Anybody not understand me, shake your head. <laughs> Who will commit themselves to the Lord to take the land? Stand up. I declare <clears throat> and I decree you are the mighty men. Yes. Every single one of you standing is a mighty man. Called according to God. Called according to his purpose and his plan. Called to stand and fight as the mighty men did. The mighty men who slew thousands who stood in impossible odds and situations and overcame, who because the king requested water from his hometown, broke through the enemy lines and brought him a cup of water. Those kind of men are you. You stand before God and he sees and he knows and he accepts. 
Now it's time to walk it out. Now it's time to walk it out. Go ahead and have a seat. Let me tell you something. When you join the military, you sign on the dotted line, you swear an oath to uphold the Constitution and all that, that is therein against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Then they see if you've got what it takes. You've made a declaration that you will be those mighty men. Now it's the time of the testing. Whenever anyone is called, they go through a testing and training process. <laughs> Some of you will be fast-tracked. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. When we started praying about this conference, during one of our prayer times, I, I had a, a, a mini vision. And in that vision, I could see a V. And, and, it, and it came right in the middle of the conference. Today is the day that everything changes. Everything changes. We're on the uphill. (sighs) Yep. I think that's it. Unless you got something. I don't have anything for tonight. Fair enough. Do you want to close out? Okay. <clears throat> Great is our God full of power and majesty and glory. He is the one that upholds the worlds with his mighty outstretched arms. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, that you love us, that you care for us, that you watch over us, you protect us, you lead us, you guide us. Lord, we are called according to your purpose, your plan, because we have loved your Son. We've believed in your son. We've held fast to his teachings and we choose to do so more. Lead us and guide us, Lord, that your name will receive honor and glory in this earth. For you are great and greatly to be praised. Lord, we commit ourselves to your kingdom. We commit ourselves to your king. We love you, we exalt you, we glorify and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.